You're listening to Amazing Discoveries Audio. This is Total Onslaught, Episode 15, with Walter Feit. The deity of Christ removed. Islam makes Christ a man. I'm going to give a whole lecture on this, so I'm not going to talk on this issue. Matthew 6.22 God forbid, Lord, far be it from thee, Lord. Slight difference, we won't go into the details. Titus 2.13 Awaiting our blessed hope, the RSV, the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The ASV, looking for the blessed hope and the appearance of the glory of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the King James says, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Here, Jesus is God. Here he has only the glory that God gives him. So he is subordinate to God in the RSV and the ASV. The Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Listen to this change. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a young woman will, shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Please explain to me how a young woman conceiving a child can be a sign for anyone. Who could qualify? Everyone. So it's not a sign at all. It's pathetic. But the King James Version says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now that's a sign. That's strange. That's something special. Jewish scholars amongst the RSV translators, so they obviously wanted this change, Rabbi Balfour Brickner writes the following. I am delighted to know that at least this great error of translation has been finally corrected and that at least some elements of the Christian world no longer officially maintain that Isaiah 7.14 is a prediction that Jesus was to be born of the Virgin Mary. Okay, so they've just removed his virgin birth. RSV, your divine throne endures forever. Thy throne, O God, is forever. The name of God is here reduced to the adjective divine, but when this text is quoted in Hebrews 1 verse 8, it is made to apply to the Son. So we better change it here in Psalms, or else Jesus might be God, you see. Because Hebrews 1 verse 8 says, But unto the Son, he says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. But of the Son, he says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. You see, even the RSV is the same there as the King James. So where did they change it? They changed it in the Psalms so that Jesus wouldn't have it applied to him. Now, this gets pretty serious. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 22. RSV, the Lord created me at the beginning of his work. What is Jesus now? He's a created being. The NIV, the Lord brought me forth as the first of his works. What is he in the NIV? He's a created being. The Lord possessed me in the beginning. He was part of God in the beginning. So in the King James, he's God. Here, he is a created being. Daniel 3 verse 25 calls him son of the gods. Son of gods. Son of the gods. King James, son of God. Big difference. Now again, Micah 5 verse 2, RSV. From you shall come forth for me one who is to bear ruler in, in it, whose origin is from old, from ancient days. 
whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. So here he has an origin, he's created, and there he has no creator. Matthew 1 verse 25. He's no longer the firstborn son. He's just, he will have a son. King James, he's the firstborn son, so she was a virgin. But if they removed the virgin bit, they better remove it here too. So they removed it in the RSV. And it goes, gets even worse. In the footnote they say that Joseph is the father of Jesus. The King James, Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. See? So here he is miraculously born. There he has an earthly father. And if we go to the King James, Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. The Jewe, his father and mother were wondering at those things. So what happened now? Jesus no longer has a miraculous birth. And uh, you'll find the same in the NIV, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said. Matthew 13, 51. Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked? Yes, they replied. RSV says the same thing. Yes, the King James says, Yea, Lord. So they recognize him as God. Curious. Oh, by the way, that's been removed many, many times, hundreds of times in the NIV. Everywhere where it says Jesus is Lord, that's gone in the NIV. This one's very interesting. Matthew 19, 16 and 17. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? One there is who is good. Good master. There's a difference. What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? You see the difference? There is none good but one that is God. Now what's the difference here? This is a fascinating text. You see, in the RSV... Goodness is not applied to the person. In the King James, he is calling Jesus good master. And Jesus recognizes something in him. And he says to him, Why do you call me good master? For surely you know that there is one that is good, and that is God. So what is he saying? You have recognized something. What have you recognized? You have recognized that I am God. That's what he says to him. So that's gone. That's changed. So that Jesus is not recognized by this young man as God. We're going to get deeper into this. Matthew 27, 35. Everywhere, just about everywhere in the new translations where the Bible says that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, they parted my garments among them and upon my vesture did they cast lots. Everywhere where the Bible says that, the modern translations have removed it. Why do you think they have removed it in the modern translations? I'll tell you why. Because it proves that Jesus is the fulfillment of prophecy. And so they've taken it away, so that he does not fulfill prophecy. Everywhere. Matthew 2.15 Out of Egypt I have called my son, out of Egypt did I call my son. Hosea is now not a fulfillment of prophecy because those are the exact words used in Hosea applied in the New Testament. They change them so that Hosea is not a fulfillment of that prophecy anymore. Mark 15 verse 3. And he answered nothing. 
it says. And the chief priest accused him of many things, the King James says, but he answered nothing. Why is that left away in the RSV, in the NIV, in the ASV? I'll tell you why. Because it's a fulfillment of prophecy. It's a fulfillment of prophecy. Take it away. Jesus must not fulfill the prophecy. He's no better than any one of us. And the scripture was fulfilled which says that he was numbered with the transgressors. RSV, gone. Mark 15, verse 28. 1 John 4, verse 3. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, this is a central doctrine, is not of God. It's the spirit of Antichrist. RSV. And every spirit which does not confess Jesus is not of God. Oops. The NIV. Every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. Well, if they leave it out, then I must assume that the NIV and the RSV was written by the spirit of Antichrist, right or not? Yes or no? Well, what do you say? Must be, because it's not there, so they're denying it. His post-resurrection appearance in the RSV, the original one, gone. Matthew 6.13, King James, And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Gone. Why did they leave it out? In the Jewe, in the RSV, in the NIV? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Gone. Because Jesus must no longer be exalted. Luke 11.2, Father, hallowed be your name. This is interesting. Your kingdom come. Etc. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, NIV, King James. And he said to them, when you pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Now, why remove all those verses? You see, here in the RSV and the NIV, you can pray to whom? You can have the Pope as Father. You can have the Pope. But here you can't, because our Father who art in heaven cannot be the Pope. So, let's take those verses out. Luke 11, 2, 8. And he said unto them, when you pray, the same story, you'll see all those texts, the RSV and the NIV, they're all taken out. Uh, Post-resurrection appearance omitted, Luke 24, 40, RSV missing. King James, and when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. So they took out Mark, so they take it out in Luke as well. What about his miraculous ascension? And he was carried up into heaven, and they worshipped him. Gone, gone. While they blessed him, he parted from them, and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. It's just gone. Leave it out. John three thirteen. Again, no one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man which is in heaven. What does that make Jesus? It makes him God who is now in heaven. Just taken out. Now notice this one. John six thirty three. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven. And the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven. There it's bread, and there it's a person. Big difference. Jesus is systematically removed in the modern translations. Truly, truly, I say unto you, he who believes has eternal life. Who believes what? That frogs are gods? 
And there are religions that believe that, by the way, today, alive and living in a well, in Japan, for example. Who believes what? Mother Teresa says, whatever you believe God is, that you must accept. That's good enough. No, no, no. The King James says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me has eternal life. Gone. Two little words. They make a big, big difference. John 16, 16, RSV. A little while and you will see me no more. Again a little while and you will see me. I laugh about this text. You know what this text means? Jesus was playing hide and seek. He was peeping behind a tree. He was standing there behind a tree and he says, Now you see me? Now you don't. Now you see me? Now you don't. It's pathetic. God wouldn't put a stupid text like that in the Bible. The NIV, well, it's just as stupid. In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. Well, I'm going to stand behind a tree. That's what I'm going to do. The King James says, A little while and you shall see me, and again a little while and you shall, you shall not see me, or a little while you shall not see me, and again a little while and you shall see me, because I go to the Father. That makes sense. Which one do you think God spoke? You tell me. Come on. Obviously this one. This is pathetic. This is absolutely pathetic. I get angry sometimes. I must calm down. John 16, 23. If you ask anything of the Father, he will give it to you in my name. Whatever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. There's a huge difference between that text. You just think about it. Here, the whole character of God and his truth is implied. Here, anything goes. Acts 2, verse 30. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants upon the throne. Here, oath to him that of the fruit of his loins according to the flesh he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Why do you think the, of his flesh is out? Why do you think so? Because they deny the doctrine of the physical coming of God in the flesh. He who denies it is what? Antichrist. Again, we have the spirit of Antichrist in the RSV. Acts 8, verse 36 and 37. Well, this is a sad one. The whole atonement gone. If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The whole verse, verse 37. Take it out. Not Jesus saves you. You save yourself. That's how you get saved. You save yourself. Acts 9, verse 29. He talked and debated with the Greek and Jews, but they tried to kill him. Interesting. King James. He spoke boldly, in the name of the Lord Jesus, and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him. You see? What makes the difference? Jesus makes the difference. If you want an ecumenical Bible, well, here's argument and debate, but here the debate is about Jesus Christ. He makes the difference. Acts twenty-two sixteen, And wash away your sins, calling on his name. NIV. And wash your sins away, calling on his name. And wash away the sins calling on the name of the Lord. Just one of those where they've removed him. The gospel concerning his son. His son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Here it could be his son, Lucifer. Here it is, the son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Big difference. Romans 9, 5. According to the flesh is the Christ, God who is over all. 
as concerning the flesh, Christ came who is over all. Here Jesus is higher than everyone else. They're hmm, different. We shall all stand before the judgment seat of God, says the RSV in Romans 14.10. But the King James says we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That makes Christ God. And not only that, it exalts Jesus as the judge. But here they have removed this privilege from Jesus and made it sort of general. 1 Corinthians 15, 47. The first man was from the earth, the man of dust. The second man is from heaven. The first man is of the earth, earthly. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Big difference. Now, 1 Timothy 3, 16. God, great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of our religion. He was manifested in the flesh. Who was manifested in the flesh? Hello, would you care to look at me? I am manifested in the flesh. Can you see me? I'm flesh and bones. It's no big deal. But here, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. There's a difference. You see how they systematically reduce Jesus and how they take him out of the Gospels? It's a shame. It's a crying shame. And this one is the bomber. Do you know how much debate there is in the world today about the Trinity? And they say, Trinity is not doctrine of the Bible. It has to be removed. And they're right, you cannot prove it in the NIV and you cannot prove it in the RSV. You cannot prove the Trinity. And they say, it's Roman Catholic doctrine. No, hang on a second. Roman Catholic doctrine is father, mother, child on the esoteric inner circle. For the Goyim, it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But the esoteric doctrine of Roman Catholicism, I'll prove this in a later lecture, is Father, Mother, Child. But it is a copy of the heavenly. And here you can see it. 1 John 5 verse 7. For there are three that testify. Nothing said. King James. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. That makes Jesus God and part of the triune Godhead. This text shows that there are three powers in heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all three are in the fullest sense God. That's what the text says. Ouch. Away with it in the modern translations. God re resteth upon you, and their part is evil spoken of by on your part he is glorified. Gone. The glorification of Jesus removed from 1 Peter 4 verse 14. Revelation 1 and 11, what do they remove? I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Gone. His eternal Godhood removed. Revelation 5 14. And the four, four beasts said Amen, and the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. His eternal Godhood, he is eternal, gone out of the RSV, gone out of the NIV. Well, Matthew chapter 4 verse 4, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. How must you know what God said if they've confused it to such an extent? And just based on simple logic, which one do you think is the most probable correct text? The one as rendered in the King James or the one as rendered in the other version? Which ones do you say? What do you say? 
It can only be the King James because the others, some of the verses are so pathetic. That's the only word for them. So pathetic. It's a nice word. Rolls of the tongue. That they make no sense whatsoever. Now here's an interesting story. This is St. Catherine's protectorate, Mount Sinai. Now what was given at Mount Sinai? What did God give to Moses at Mount Sinai? He gave the law. He gave the whole Bible to him, the Pentateuch, the first five books. He received them directly from God and he wrote them down in a book and it's called the Law of Moses. And this camel has nothing to do with it. He's just there to look cute. Now, here is Mount Sinai. They say that the tablets of stone were hewn from this very rock. Well, that's just a traditional delivery. Up we go to Mount Sinai. Here it is where God spoke, if this is the right place, we're not really sure, but nevertheless, where God spoke in great majesty and gave the law. On top there's a little Coptic church, and uh, it's tough climbing up there. My feet were sore. And uh, let's go down and go, and then we find something else, Elijah's Basin. There's the sign, Mount Sinai, Elijah's Basin down there. And tradition says this is where Elijah came when he ran away from Jezebel. Now, think about this. Here at Sinai, God sends out his words. It's a great thought. Elijah ran to this place, and this is where he hid from Jezebel. Why did he run from Jezebel? What had he done that he should run from Jezebel? I'll tell you what he'd done. He'd had a confrontation with the priests of Baal. A mighty confrontation between truth and error. And after the confrontation, God took him back all the way to Sinai. That's where the word came from. That's what made the confrontation possible. Now, what stands on Mount Carmel today? A huge Baha'i temple which preaches that all religions are the same. There's no difference between the various religions. So it seems as if in the last days a new doctrine has come in. No difference between religions. But Elijah preached there is a difference and there is a judgment. And he comes back to the law here, Sinai. Today, no, on Mount Carmel, there is a Baha'i temple which says all religions are exactly the same. And something else. From Sinai, the word of God went into the worlds. And from Sinai today, something else goes into the world. There's a monastery. It's St. Catherine's Monastery. That's where the Sinaiticus text was found. That is the text on which all the corruptions which we've just read in the Bible are based. So here, from Sinai, a new word is sent out into the worlds. A corrupt word. So, Carmel is corrupted, there is no difference. God is not a God that says, come out, be separate, make a difference between them and those that worship the living God. Is the one message sent into the world today. And the other one is, here is the ecumenical word for you. We are all one. We are sitting in one pot. The devil hates Carmel. The devil hates the law of God. 
and he is counteracting it right here. He has taken that which God used and made it his own. He is sneaky. Wouldn't you agree? I think he's very sneaky. 1 Kings 18.21, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. They would have preferred to worship both. Then we would have had peace and quiet. Today they want to do the same thing. They want to worship both. Now I would like to invite three people, three volunteers. One with an NIV, one with a Revised Standard Version, if you have one with you, and one with a King James, just to come up to the front, and we'll do a little experiment. Just a quick one, just for fun. Let's do it. This is great. Now, I don't know how quickly we're going to find these texts, but let's just look up a few. Will you look up Matthew chapter 17, verse 21? Matthew chapter 17, verse 21. Shall I hold it for you? I'll hold it for you. Verse 21. Yes. Will you read it to me out of the King James? Howbeit this kind of goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. This one goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. What does the NIV say? Oh, yeah. He replied, because you have... That's 20. No, I want only verse 21, please. Okay. Why doesn't it say 21 here? It's oh. oh, it doesn't say 21. What does is, what is the RSV say? It doesn't say either. Oh, the RSV doesn't say it either. Let's go to Matthew 18, verse 11. 18, verse 11. What does the King James say? For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. Wow, that's a potent verse. How many sermons have been preached on that word? What does the NIV say? It, it says verse 10 and verse 12. There is no verse 11. There, there is no verse... Oh, okay. What does the RSV say? Same. You can't find it in there? No. Oh, that's rather sad. What about Matthew 23, verse 14? Could you read that for me, please? Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer, therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Wow. The clergy that is so exalted now gets one knock. What does yours say? Verse 14, for many are invited, but few are chosen. Uh, is that Matthew 23, 14? That's, a, yeah, 22, 14. No, 23, 14. 23, 14, sorry. No, 14. There's 13 and 15. Oh, the, the, surely, you know, they must be so exalted, Jesus made a mistake with that verse. <laughs> Let's just take it out. What does yours say? Nothing. Oh, it doesn't have it either. What about Mark 7, 16? Mark seven sixteen. You can all page in your Bibles and verify this for yourselves. Seven sixteen. Seven sixteen. 
If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 14 and 15, but no verse 16. No verse 16. No, not either. It's important to listen to the word of God. Now let's take that out. What about Mark 9.44? Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. There's a verse 43 and a verse 45, but no verse 44. No verse 44. No, No verse 44. That's an interesting text. We can deal with it in a later lecture. What's about verse 46? 946. For where there were the same one. It's left out both times, right? There's a verse 45 and a verse 47, but no verse 46. What about Mark 11:26? Mark 11:26. But if ye do not forgive. Neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Well, there's a verse 25 and a verse 27, but no verse 26. You know, we could go on like this for a long, long time. None of those verses will be there. So let's go to some interesting verses that are there. Let's go to Acts 9, verse 5 to 6. Acts chapter 9, verse 5 to 6. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Acts 9, 5 and 6. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you have persecuted, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Okay, and then the RSV. Who are you, Lord? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. So what has been left out? The whole part where there is opposition and battling against two options. So... In an ecumenical Bible, you don't want division, you want unity. So all these division texts where you make a decision, they're gone in the new ones. Go to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's all. Where's the last bit? Not there. Oh. So if you have Jesus, you are saved. No change necessary in your life. What about the RSV? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No change needed. Who walk not after the flesh. Does that apply a change and a conversion? Yes or no? Absolutely. Gone. Because we want to have one big unity. What about 
these are all texts that we didn't even deal with in this lecture. And we could carry on and on and on and on and on with them. What about 1 Timothy 3.16? Let's just look at that one. There we go. 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 3 verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Is it first at 3.16? Yes. 3.16. It's not in here. There it is. Oh. There's a little bit of it there. The pillar and foundation of the truth. Beyond all question, the mystery of godliness is great. He appeared in a body, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, was taken up in glory. And you have the same. He was, right? He was. Yes. It says, great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of our religion. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. And if you take that home with you tonight, then that is the crux of the matter. The King James Version says, God was manifest in the flesh. Jesus Christ is God. Jesus Christ is the only one who can save you. Jesus Christ is the only one whereby you can be saved. Because he's the only one who made you, and therefore he's the only one who can redeem you. He's the only one who can open the seals of the scroll. No one else, no created being, no angel, only Jesus Christ. And if you want to prove any of the doctrines of the Bible, you better have a King James or any other Bible that existed before these early 1900s. You can take the Russian Bible. You can take the Serbian Bible. You can take the old Croatian Bible. You can take the Luther 1912 Bible. Just don't take the 1984. You will find a tremendous change. You can take any old Bible in the world, except the Douay, of course, and the Vulgate, and you will find all the doctrines necessary for understanding salvation in Christ Jesus. But any new translation, treat with suspicion. In, Afri in the Afrikaans, in my own country, the old Afrikaans Bible, tremendous, exactly the same as the King James, the new, like the NIV. In Germany, if you have an Elberfelder Bible, it's exactly like the NIV. You can find none of the doctrines in it anymore. You will have to get a Luther 1912 or a Schlachter Bible in order to find the truth. And we could go right around the world, the Armenian Bible, fantastic, fantastic. They are now writing a new Bible version in Croatia for the Serbian language. 
Forget it. It is a corruption. It's based on Westcott and Hort's translations. So, I hope tonight you have found that what you read really makes a difference. Now, let me tell you, I personally like the New King James Bible. I like it. But there are huge numbers of mistakes in it, horrendous mistakes in it, some that really destroy some pivotal doctrines. But I quite enjoy it because I put it in, because I use the King James to verify it, and I cross it out to where it's wrong, and my whole Bible is crossed out and redone and whatever. I find that fun. It keeps my mind going and active. And uh, so if you want to use another translation, just be aware of these issues. And then verify your studies with one that you can trust. And the Textus Recepticus has come down through the stream of time. It has been the one that led the, to, to the Reformation. It has been the one that people have stood and died for. And it is the one that will make a difference at the end. If this episode impacted you, please share it with others. Amazing Discoveries is a donor-supported ministry. To help us keep producing content like this, visit AmazingDiscoveries.org. And, as always, you can find the visual presentation of this episode on ADTV.watch.